0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. The word says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is a new creation, if he's in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become New. So welcome to this fourth of five in a series of messages that we've entitled A New You And uh, we hope that these, sermon, these messages thus far have been informative and they have been encouraging and challenging to you in your spiritual walk And uh, we're going to continue today with our fourth as we said And the Bible says that once we come to faith in Christ We are new creations in Christ Jesus The Bible is also filled with instructions for us concerning the newness of life that we are to be experiencing and for the last couple of weeks we've been looking at some of those areas in our lives for which Christ died to afford us a newness and the first week if you'll remember with me just real quickly we spoke about having a new heart. Christianity as you've as you know is not about a religion it's not a religious function but it's a active relationship and a relationship is an issue of the heart therefore we need a, a right heart and a new heart made possible through the sacrifice of calvary god has and always will be intimately concerned about the condition of the hearts of men we see that time after time after time throughout the scripture Week two, we spoke about having a renewed mind, and we talked about the brokenness and the frailty of our own thoughts when compared to God's. We talked about the detrimental effects of poor thinking and focusing on things that aren't true. We also talked about the liberating power of the truth, knowing the truth, focusing on the truth, walking in the truth. Jesus said, You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Amen. So last week we talked about, and from Colossians chapter 3, we talked about that new life that Christ came for us to have. And we talked about as a practice of holiness how you and I are to walk in a new life and we put off the old man and we're to be putting on the new man and um, this week... I want to speak to you for a few minutes about the fact that Christ died for you and I so that we also might have a right spirit. A right spirit. Today, as I reference this term, right spirit, I want to be clear what it is that we're speaking about today because there's so many connotations. When we use the word spirit, there's so many connotations associated with it. I'm not sure that all of them are rightly applied. And I'm not going to try to split theological hairs today, but I want to be sure that we're on the same page. Because you might say to me, Pastor, well, once I get saved, once I give my heart to Jesus, then don't I have a right spirit? No. No, you don't, actually. You see, your eternal soul may be right and justified before God and found righteous in his sight. But your spirit, in the sense that we'll be speaking about it today, still needs some help, still needs some transformation. So today I want to define terms for you so you'll know exactly what it is that I'm talking about when I talk about this term, a right spirit. Webster defines spirit this way. The principle of conscious life. The vital principle in humans animating the body or mediating between body and soul i think that's a great understanding there of the word spirit in the term that we're talking about it so we would understand from this definition therefore that your spirit is the cognitive it's the mental it's the emotional part of who you are it's your spirit that makes you uniquely you it's your personality It's your bents. It's your tendencies. It's that part of you that makes decisions and responds to situations. You know, not only do you not look the same as everyone else, but inside, you're different than everyone else. It's it's the inside of you that makes you, you. I'm not trying to go all sci-fi this morning, but... Suppose for a moment that you could trade, you could swap bodies with somebody in this place. You could swap bodies all that you wanted to, but you would still be you. You'd be you in somebody else's body, but it's the spirit, as Webster said, that animates the body. There's a, there's a me behind this, behind this facade of human flesh, Behind the skin, behind the bone, there's a me that brings animation and life to my being. I have been uniquely created. There's only one of me, and everybody say, thank God. (laughs) I believe that one of the greatest hindrances in the lives of many believers is the fact that we, so oftentimes, we do give ample attention to our heart. We, we talk about a lot in Christianity about our hearts and having our hearts conditioned and having our hearts broken and having our hearts right before God. And we spend a lot of time talking about the heart. And we also talk a lot about the mind and conditioning our minds and what we focus on and what we think about. And we certainly talk about the new life that as believers we should be living and behaving and conducting our business in different ways than the rest of the world. We know that we should have a new life. But we don't often spend a lot of time talking about the spirit in which we do it so this is especially pertinent with regard to last week's message of putting off the old and putting on the new Because we need to make sure that these things that we've already spoken about previously in this series are more than just perfunctory duties that we're accomplishing as believers. And we need to see these things come into pass in our lives as a result that we are being transformed from the inside out. That our wants and our desires are being changed. In other words, it's not our will-do that we need to challenge sometimes, it's our want-to. We'll say that one more time. It's not always our will do that needs challenging because sometimes there's a lot of things that we are willing to do but it's the want to. Is my want to being changed? Is my want to being challenged? I want to illustrate this for you this morning. One time there was a, uh, back in my day, if you want to know what happened to me, uh, kids didn't have to ride in car seats. Okay and and one day there was this mother she was driving her youngest child to school and she noticed that he had stepped up there and he was standing beside her in the front seat and realizing the danger and the hazard of that, his, his mother said to him said son you need to sit down I could need to stop all of a sudden you'd go flying through the windshield how many of you ever got got the flying through the windshield story from your parents right If you don't sit down you're gonna fly through the windshield right so she said she was giving him the fly through the windshield speech. And, and he was still standing there and he was just defiant. He said, no, I'm not sitting down. She said, yeah, go ahead and sit down. He, he said, no, I'm not. So finally she just reached over and she pulled his little feet out from under him. And he, and he sat down there on his little bottom and he sat there a little while and he pouted and pouted and pouted. And finally he looked over at his mother. He said, mother, he said, I want you to know I may be sitting down on the outside. But on the inside, I'm still standing up. And you know, how often do we respond to authority that way? How often are we doing the Christian thing because it's the Christian thing to do? But it's not really where we are. It's not really... Because of a transformation that's taking place on the inside of us, it's just our willingness to comply. We submit on the outside, but maybe on the inside we're resisting, if not resenting it. Outwardly to other people, we may appear to be complying with God's commandments and living a holy life, but inside we're imagining and planning and meditating on evil. And we're told in the book of Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews gives us this encouragement in chapter 12, and verse 1. And it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. If you take notes in your Bible, if you're a marker, a scribbler, whatever it is, I want you to underline that phrase there, every weight. Every weight. You and I have things in our spirit that are weighing on us that are waiting us down as we are trying to run with patience this race that is set before us and often i believe the thing that holds us back even more than the effort of our adversary is our own spirit our own will oh there's so much today that i could say about the spirit we could talk today about having a grateful spirit, an obedient spirit, a humble spirit. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. We could talk about, and some of y'all probably know, please don't cast any glances right now, but you know those people, they have a sweet spirit, right? You just love those people. You just want to be around them. They have a sweet spirit, we say. There's also some of those folks that have a sour spirit. And... Uh, You know, we see them coming and we kind of busy ourselves in a different direction because we know what's coming next, right? They've had a bad week, just in case you didn't know, right? So, (laughs) but I want to speak to you today about two weights in particular Two weights that we carry in our spirit that I believe often hinder our progress as believers. And I want to share about these two because I believe if these two are cared for in our lives, then a lot of these other facets and dynamics would begin to fall into place in our lives. First of all, I want to talk with you today about the weight of carnal desire. We carry in our spirit the weight of carnal desire. So you all know that even though by the blood of Jesus sin has been washed from your hearts the desire to do so is always resident with you. It's resident in our carnal nature and it's something with which we must reckon until the day that Christ Jesus takes us home you will always have a conflict. This past Wednesday night, I spoke with our Bible study class about what happens when self-will challenges divine authority and that conflict that happens in our hearts and in our spirits. This This is a weight that hinders us by pulling us and drawing us back. How many of you are Happy and thankful that God has delivered you out of what you used to be before you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. There's something, though, that's inherent to your carnal nature that's calling out, that's crying out to you to return to that place. It's, it's the thoughts you think. It's, it's things that enter... It's just a desire. This is this weight hinders us by pulling us back paul speaks about this strange paradox while he's writing to the roman church he says this in romans chapter 7 verse 15 he says for what i'm doing i do not understand for what i will to do in other words the thing that i want to do that i do not practice but what i hate i do In other words, what he's saying here to us is sometimes the carnal desire wins out. Now here's a man who is doubtless sold out to the things of God. Nobody sacrifices the way that Paul sacrifices for a cause unless they're dedicated to the cause. So here's a man that's sold out to the things of God. How many of you doubt that the heart of Paul was towards God? none of us we know that paul's a man that loves god how many of you know that if paul hadn't preached uh, practiced what he preached with regard to keeping his mind in the right place that he would have certainly found it very easy to give up and to just forget about what he what god had called him to do and get discouraged in his efforts But what Paul is giving us here is a glimpse into his own humanity by letting us know that, hey, here's a man who followed God intently but still had to wrestle with his own carnality to keep himself from being pulled back into that old carnal lifestyle. So here's the point for you and I today, and that's this. That just because you're saved does not mean that you will not struggle. Just because you're saved does not mean that you will not struggle. I don't know if you caught it the first time through or not, but when we were talking about having a new heart, and we looked in Ezekiel 36 and we saw God's promise there to the people to give them a new heart, it wasn't just the promise of a new heart that he gave them. Let's look at that together. Ezekiel chapter 36. We're going to begin here in verse 26. And the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Did you catch that? It's not just the clean heart that the Lord offers, but it's a change in spirit. A change, and we're going to see here in the next verse, it's a change in the want to. Listen, listen to the word of the Lord as he continues here. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. In other words, what the Lord says to to us today is that if we will bring the frailty of these carnal spirits and we will lay them down at His feet. He will impart unto us something that is of His own spirit to us, and our desires and our appetites will begin to change. How many of you love that promise that promise in the Word, Psalm 37, verse 4. You've got it taped up on your refrigerator. You've got it in the margin, in the leaf of your Bible. It's highlighted, underscored, circled in red ink. I mean, it's one of your favorites because it it holds for us a promise, and that promise is that if we will delight ourselves in the Lord, come on, He will give us the desires of our heart Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Can I explain that verse to you very briefly this morning? Let me tell you what that verse does not mean. That verse does not mean that you're going to come in here on a Sunday morning, that you're going to go out and be about the acts of Christian service, and you're going to delight yourself in the Lord. You're going to pray enough, that you're going to read enough, that you're going to fast enough, that you're going to weep enough that one day you're just finally going to twist the arm of the divine into folding and subjecting himself to your will. Because sometimes we read that and that's kind of the connotation we get in our mind. That if I'll pray enough, if I'll praise enough, then finally God will give me what I want. But can I share with you today that the the emphasis of this verse is this. What you will find is that as you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, as you meditate in that Word and that Word becomes your delight, as you pray and you find it a delight to be in His presence and in His Spirit, it's not that God begins conforming to your will, but it is that you begin to conform to His. And what you will find changing and the reason God can honor you in that place is because then and only then will the desires of your heart begin to change. And it will change into something that God said, hey, I can bless that. I can bless this. This is a right spirit. I can bless this. You've heard me say it before that too many are the times when we're waiting on the moving of the Holy Spirit and the fact of the matter is the Lord's waiting on the moving on a, for a moving on our parts before he can do what he wants to in our lives. Amen. Have you ever heard what I call some anticlimactic testimonies? Oh, I love them. Let me, let me explain to you. How many of you know what an anticlimactic testimony is? Oh, great. Let me, let me explain that to you. So, and, and here's something for you to challenge the state of your want to with. And when I start talking about it, you're going to know what I'm talking about because you've heard people do it. But you'll see these people that they, they, they used to be it's one thing or another thing. And they begin to share with you their testimony. And they say, oh, Pastor... Before I came to Jesus, I used to X, Y, and Z, and I used to do this, man, and they're getting pumped because they're telling you what they used to do and all the fun they used to have and all the great things they used to engage in and just about the time you think the joy is about to overtake them and they're about to bust through the roof and tell you what the Lord has done for them, then finally they come to this point and they say, but then I got saved and now that's all over. Now, how many of you have ever heard an anticlimactic testimony? It's not about the transformative work of the power of the Holy Ghost that's been at work in their lives that has changed them and transformed them. It's all about what they used to do. It sounds like a kid that got caught in school in some mischievous act and then they were given detention and had to behave. And the reason for that is because the will and the want to is still very much alive and resident in them, but they're just for the sake of religion and and keeping up the appearances for everyone. They're keeping it suppressed. But when you're more excited about what you used to be than what you are in Christ Jesus, there's a problem in the spirit there's a problem with your want to your want to needs to change now I've got to tell you today church that your carnal nature is very much still alive in you and must be contended with every day remember the prayer of the psalmist when he had fallen in adultery with Bathsheba he said in Psalm 51 create in me a clean heart O God It wasn't just a clean heart. It wasn't, Lord, forgive me and make me right so I can go to heaven. It was create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Here's another man who was a passionate pursuer of the Lord. And it's not at any point necessarily that he turned his heart away from the Lord, but he didn't keep his spirit, those carnal desires in check. And we find him crying out not only for a clean heart, but a right spirit. Because in other words, the psalmist is praying that the Lord would not only take away from the sin, but that he would change his appetite for it. He's saying, Lord, don't just cleanse me of the sin, but take away that appetite that want to in me for it so we need to be aware of the weight of the carnal nature put aside every weight and run your race with patience run with endurance the second weight I want to talk to you about this morning is the weight of a heavy spirit Now I know this morning that there are times, and please don't send me an email later and correct me, I know that there are a lot of intercessors in the room, and I know what it's like to carry a burden. I know what it's like to carry a prayer burden. That you just have a heaviness in your spirit for someone or something, and you just, you bear that burden to the Lord. But those those are things that generally tend to drive us towards God. So there's a difference in a heavy spirit that drives us towards God and a heavy spirit that maybe causes us not to pursue Him quite as hard as we would like to. Many of the times that we find through, through our, find though our hearts are in the right place and we're trying to renew our minds with the Word, but where we lack is that we carry a heaviness in our spirit that's not necessarily put there by God and it's not really spiritually beneficial. This is a weight that it doesn't necessarily pull us back, but it certainly holds us down. How many in your pursuit of the things of the Lord have ever felt held down, weighted, just just weighted down? Now, sometimes we can pass through the fire. And we aren't burned... Because the Lord promises that we'll pass through the fire and we'll not be burned. But how many of you know sometimes we can pass through the fire and we're not burned, but when we come out on the other side, we still smell like smoke? In other words, you're carrying the aroma of what you've been through or you're carrying the aroma of your present circumstances and how many of you have ever found yourselves in a place where you're carrying an aroma of something that God didn't put into your life and you're carrying that thing in your spirit we're not always like the three Hebrew children who came through the fire without a hair singed and without even the smell of smoke and i want to tell you today church as long as you will entertain it as long as you will have it that heaviness can accompany you and will cling to you as long as you will let it it's the hurt that we received sometime in the past it's the disappointment ushered into our lives by others it's the perception of failure that we've battled with in some past situation. It's the bitterness that has taken root in us because of some misfortune in our lives. And the Word says that we need to lay aside every weight. Not some weights, but every weight. Sometimes it's not even, and most often, it's not even external factors that cause this heaviness, but it's an internal struggle. you're not convinced of what God has intended you to be I'm just gonna let that lay there for a minute you're not convinced of what God has intended you to be I remember dealing with the call of God regarding pastoral ministry it seemed like every place I went it was almost unescapable that some prophet, evangelist, somebody would come and call me out of the crowd and say God's got a plan for your life pursue it just just words of encouragement And let me just tell you this, don't don't accept those type of things just at face value every time somebody speaks a word over your life. But the issue was, I already knew what the call of God was in my heart before that word was ever issued. So that word was confirming. And it was, sometimes that happened in in the context of friends. And after the service, my friends would all come and gather around. We'd be at the Burger King or the Dairy Queen or some other royal place to eat. And they'd say, hey, what was that all about? And I'd say, I don't know. I don't know. Because in my mind, I had the hardest time conceiving of myself to be what god had intended and called me to be i started going to ministry school people got suspicious they said what are you doing that for i said i'm preparing myself but for what i don't know i'm just i feel i just feel the lord telling me to prepare myself And the issue all along was I had a hard time conceiving myself to be what God had intended that I be. And let me give you some examples of spiritual weights that I believe a lot of people carry in their spirit. How about a spirit of insecurity? You, you want to so bad... there's something on the inside of you that's driving you, that's calling you, that's pulling you to the next level and you want to go so bad but you're just afraid of stepping out on what seems to be nothing and you're just not sure. Oh, you've seen a lot of other people do it before but you're not sure that it's going to work out for you. What about the weight of inadequacy? We're talking about running the race with endurance that's been set before you, not my race. I'll take care of my race. But I'm not the only one in this place with a race. You've all got a race to run. There's there's always the upward call of God in Christ Jesus that's on your life. Maybe it's to step out and serve in a ministry. Maybe it's to come alongside some of our staff and our pastors and and help, but but there's just such a feeling of inadequacy. You're like Moses standing at the burning bush and God's speaking to you and God's calling out to you and all you can say is, oh, but God, I've got this thing and here's another reason and there's another reason why. What about a sense of inferiority? Now be real honest with me this morning how many of you have ever sensed the call of god on your life to do something and you begin to point to him other people who were better suited and better qualified than you he said oh lord just god just let them do it let them do it i'm 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 not as eloquent as they are i'm not as skilled as they are i don't have the resources that they have i'm not as I'm not as good-looking as they. God, let them do it. What about the weight of a pessimistic outlook? That that look on life that says what what God has done and what what has happened for others would not and could not ever happen for you. I want to tell you something. The God I serve is the God of miracles. He's the God of miracles and you may be the most unlikely candidate that he has ever chosen. But I want to submit to you that God wants to use you. God wants to take you further in him than you have ever been before in your life. And it's time to cut ties with the weights and the things that are holding us back. And we need to run wholeheartedly. What about the weight of fear? Oh my God. What about the way to fear? Many many are the times that we carry these things in in our spirit and sometimes for a long time. I know people who will not to this day walk in their calling because of something that happened to them 25 years ago. I know people who have never ventured into their calling because of things they carry in their spirit based on how they viewed themselves and who they believed themselves to be rather than trusting in who God has created and ordained for them to be. Now regardless of how you define it today, you know that thing that represents heaviness in your life. And you know the things that are weighing in your spirit and they're weighing you down, but I've got to tell you today that God is ready to make a great exchange with you. If you would stand all over this. Sanctuary this morning I want to read for you this final closing passage of scripture It comes to us from Isaiah chapter 61 In Isaiah chapter 61 we find this great messianic prophecy here And it declares that it gives testimony to the work of Jesus Christ As he would be here on this earth We also find Jesus himself reading it from the scrolls in Luke's gospel chapter 4 And it says this that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me Because the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called the trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified I don't know how you feel about you today but I believe that God is excited about you I don't know if you love you today, but I know that God loves you today. I don't know if you feel liberty in this place as we praise and worship the Lord, but what I do know this, you may have walked into this place today heavy. You may have come through those doors weighed down and bogged down by life, but as the writer to the Hebrews says, lay aside every weight. And right now in this moment, Jesus is waiting. This is not about being saved or not being saved. And if you're not saved, I want you to meet me here at this altar this morning. And I want to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ and lead you to the Lord in prayer. This is about being free. This is about being free in Christ Jesus. This is about those things that have been weighing you down to be cast aside. And, and when, when, when God's folks look around, they're going to see somebody singing a new song and dancing a new dance and shouting a new praise because you've made that great exchange for the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness and you're going to be free in Jesus' name.